Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to Progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Want to tell your employees or clients how much you appreciate them? Stand out from the competition with the best gift ever. Minky Couture Luxury Blankets are the best gift ever for appreciation and recognition to say thank you every day of the year for a job well done. For every member of your team, share your warmth. Show them you care with Minky Couture Luxury Blankets, the best gift ever. Shop now at softminkyblankets.com. You know, this podcast continues to be a good source, consistent source of people sharing stories, sharing their knowledge, sharing their insight and what they're doing in health and wellness and beyond. Today's guest is Dwayne Wimmer, who is a highly respected, highly intelligent and a very logical person who I've had a previous conversation with and just thought he'd be great on here to educate our audience about exercise and what it is and what it isn't and understand the perspective of somebody who's been in the business for 30 years and how far we've come and how far we haven't come in that. And I think you'll find that Dwayne has some very interesting insights into the business. And so whether you're a exercise professional or you're someone who uh, just exercises recreationally, I think you're going to learn quite a bit from the conversation that we had today. So please enjoy my conversation with Dwayne Wimmer. Dwayne. Hello, Hello Dorian. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? Awesome. Awesome. It's good to speak with you again. Yeah, you too. How's your day going so far? Well, every day is great. I love that attitude. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. And I really enjoyed our last conversation. And I thought you just had a wealth of information. And I think people will get a lot out of this. Well, good. Who? And I probably asked you before, who is your typical audience? Oh, man, it's usually health and wellness professionals, um, you know, personal trainers, nutritionists, uh, actually psychologists, um, okay. a variety of people. So kind of all over the board uh, right. within the health and wellness industry. So definitely going to reach a lot of different folks. Yeah. Cool. So I wanted to learn a little bit about, you know, when I talked to you before, we didn't get too much into kind of your start in the business. We kind of talked a little bit about the current state, which we'll get back to. So right. you've been in the business for 30 years or so? Yeah, uh, I started right out of college. Uh, I started working as a floor instructor at a YMCA. And then uh, from there, I got a job at a health club. That was a part-time job. Then I got a full-time floor instructor at uh, a, a health club. Um, it was a Nautilus club back in the late 80s. Right. And um first time I had ever really been uh, exposed to that type of training, the, the total body, you know, work everything in one workout in a very mm -hmm. efficient way. And uh, it's just started to make sense to me. You know, I, I played sports all my high school and college career, and then I uh, was exposed to this and it just made a lot of sense. So I started reading up on it and reading a lot of, uh, information that was put out at that time i read uh i don't know if you've ever heard of dr ken leisner he had just passed mm -hmm. away about i don't know four or five months ago uh right. he put out the steel tip i read through all of those uh hammer strength was just coming onto the scene and i was reading all their hit uh newsletters and uh this this just made a lot of sense to me so became a student of it and just learned it and read books. Uh, Matt Brisky from Prince, Princeton put out the, a book called A Practical Approach to Strength Training. 
And that to me is like the, that's the best book that I had ever read, you know, as far as strength training goes, Mm -hmm. I still use his latest version now to help train my new, my new uh, staff. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I just became a student of high intensity training and, um, became, you know, did some networking, became friends with others who, who, understood this and, and, uh, use this methodology as well from general population to, to, I found out colleges and, you know, universities, division one athletes, university of Michigan, uh, with, uh, uh, Mike Gittleson was uh, using it for years and Penn state had been doing it since the, the seventies. So with their football team. So it was like, wow, it really opened my eyes to, this must work. So yeah. then, I, then uh, I became um, uh, a facilitator of, at the time, the Nautilus diet. And we used it for a weight loss program. And I, it was amazing how you could incorporate, uh, you know, good eating habits with strength training and see amazing results. So it just opened my eyes to how the general population would benefit from this type of training because not only do you get great results, it doesn't take a lot of time. You can, right. you can, you can get it done in less than 30 minutes and do it a couple times a week. And, you know, who doesn't have at least an hour a week to put in, <laughs> you know? I agree with that. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think people – you know, they have this kind of misperception that they have to spend all this time in a gym or exercising this incredible amounts of volume of time. And it turns people off to it many times. Totally. You know, the, and I, I sit down and I tell people this when I first meet, meet them as a potential client. And, um, I do warn them that, you know, there's a give and take, you know, if you don't want to spend a lot of time, you do have to work hard. So, you know, and that's the difference, you know, you can do, you know, you can work hard or you can work long, you know, exactly both. (laughs) You You totally can't. No. Arthur Jones put that out there many years ago, you know, and uh, it makes a lot of sense. Totally. So what was the industry like back in the eighties when you got into it? I mean, I'm sure a lot of the listeners, you know, who are listening, they, they can't fathom that time. You know, they haven't been in the business that long. I wasn't in the business back then. I entered into the mid nineties into mm-hmm. the business. And so what was it like back then? Well, you know, it's interesting because when I started getting into the, the high intensity realm of the, the business, uh, I mean, of the industry, I was thinking, well, this makes so much sense compared to what most people are doing. Cause most people, it was back then you had t- basically two schools of thought. You either had volume training or intensity training. Mm. And that was pretty much it. And then you had the, the, the group fit. Well, at the time it was called aerobics, but now the group fitness would be politically correct. Um, mm-hmm. um, so you had, you had those three, basically three mindsets of people when they came into a health club so they you either had the people doing a couple hours of workouts and the free weights you had the the circuit training or the high intensity training in in the um machine room and you didn't dare you know cross paths you know basically (laughs) and um and then you had the people uh, doing the, the aerobics classes. And occasionally you get some crossover from them going to, to the machines or to the free weights, but usually it was all separate. And it was, it, to me, it just didn't make sense. It was like, I, I used to do the volume training when I was in college and, and played sports because that's all I knew. And as soon as my mind and my, my, my world was opened up to the intensity training, I was like, this just makes sense, you know, just stimulate yeah. the muscle, let it respond, stimulate it again. And, and you're on a path, you're on a, you're on a, you know, tra- trajectory to get stronger and it should continue. And I just, from that day on, I just couldn't understand why people couldn't 
look at this and at least give it a chance. So basically that's where it was then. You didn't, you didn't have functional training. You didn't have, you know, uh, stability balls. You didn't have things like that. Those types of things as, as a lot of things, a lot of things in the industry, fitness industry come from other areas, you know, um, in, in the, in the eighties, it was mainly coming from, uh, either, uh, powerlifting or bodybuilding is where the idea of lifting weights came from. Now, right. then you got the, the rehab people doing things that now that information came over into the fitness world as well. So you got, um, things like the stability balls and the bands and, and that kind of stuff coming into the fitness industry, probably I would say in the mid, mid nineties, um, because you know, the mindset was, well, if it works for a rehab, it might, it should work for the general population, which I don't necessarily, uh, I, I, I look at it like the rehab is to get you started get you moving again it's it has limitations because it doesn't have much overload it doesn't have much really much stimulus over and above just getting you moving yeah it's true and when people started doing these things and it, it, it was like they just totally threw out the window anything about science and about physics and said, this is, this has to work because they do it in, in therapy. So, you know, in my, where I was working and what I was doing at the time and all the research I was doing, it was like, this stuff just doesn't, it doesn't add up. It doesn't, you're never going to get the same results from this as you're getting from either volume or, or intensity training because there's just not enough stimulus, you know, and then, and then you you got the mindset. Well, you got to do it on a on an un, uh, unstable uh, surface. To, yeah. Well, <laughs> let, let's just break it down to the science. If it's unstable, that means you're creating forces from all over the place just to stabilize yourself. So you mm-hmm. can't put the force into the into the resistance. So therefore, you can't even get close to the same results. So I mean, I can go into that kind of stuff all day. But yeah, um, of course, it, it was like, you know, it, it became a monkey see monkey do type of industry. And I think it's just gotten worse with Instagram and YouTube because mm-hmm. now you have people just because they had good parents, you know, they got the genetics, good genetics from their parents. Now they're on YouTube showing all kinds of all kinds of wacky things and because they look good people are 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 mimicking them and doing them and and paying them for it so what do you think what do you think has changed the most in your time like over these 30 years what what has been the biggest change you've seen in the business since that beginning until now the biggest change is is it's become what i call an exertainment industry um you you as a quote unquote professional have to figure out ways of entertaining people rather than actually getting them results and, and, and making it look like it is something that could get them results. And in most cases it's, it, it, it can't get a fraction of the results that something just real basic hard work can do for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, where do you see it going? From here, I mean, I see, I totally kind of agree with you. I talked to a lot of people about kind of this entertainment aspect of it and this, you know, there's so much information out there and, and for the lay person, they don't understand, you know, they just see somebody who has a great body and they have a lot of followers and mm-hmm. well, this person must be, they must know what they're doing and they just believe it. Yeah. Where are we going? Where are we going? Well, um, I, you know, 10, probably 15 years ago, I was having a conversation with uh, a, a friend of mine. A, a, he graduated from Penn State, so he understands the intensity training. Mm-hmm. He now is uh, at ACE, uh, Cedric Bryant, uh, if you've known Yeah, him. yeah, okay. Dr. Bryant. Yeah. Dr. Bryant, he, great guy, good friend of mine. 
this was one of the very first times, probably 15, maybe even 20 years ago, I saw him at, uh, at a conference and I was, mm-hmm. you know, introduced myself, had a nice conversation, loved what he presented on. And I said, you know, we had the conversation. I knew where he came from and I knew he had this, this background. And I said, uh, you know, the industry is just going in the wrong direction. You know, we're, we're not helping people get healthier. We're just entertaining them and, and trying to make money off of them rather than actually getting them results and getting them healthier. And I said, you know, we need to steer the ship back into the direction of, of results. And he said, yeah, and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Here we are Mm. 15, 20 years later, it's definitely worse. And I don't know that it's going to get any better anytime soon because you have, you have, most of the people out there, most of the groups out there are looking to make money They're They don't right. care. They don't care how they do it. They're just looking for the next latest and greatest way to, to collect revenue. So right. until we as an industry become an actual profession, I don't see it changing. I look at our industry as, you know, personal trainers. Think of us as chiropractors of the 1970s. Mm. You know, they were, Mm. they were thought of as witch doctors for most of them, you know, and right. You know, there was a handful of them that probably did really good things, but they organized and they became a profession they they put out school there were schools out there they had to meet certain criteria and now they get reimbursed by insurance companies that yeah. happened in my lifetime so i saw it happen and until we as a industry at least personal trainers do something similar to that we're going to continue down this road of entertainment and just getting people to pay us to to get them to play you know, and not Mm. really get results or educate them. You know, if you really look at most of the things people are doing with their trainers, it's not much, it's not any different than what they could do on their own. Right. You know, I look at every session, every session with me should be a, uh, should be an an advancement over the last session in one way or another. And I'm not totally agree. I'm not talking necessarily by getting stronger, but a better understanding of, of the movement of the understanding of, Mm -hmm. of why we're doing it, or just a better understanding of how to focus on, on the contraction or, or, you know, anything like that. You need to constantly be teaching. And what I see most people doing is just entertaining people to a level that keeps them coming back because they're having fun right but that's it's so interesting ah oh, man you, you speak in my language i i totally agree i don't think that's always understood by trainers you no. know kind of this advancement on a session by session basement basis you know and and also understanding i mean if you go in any gyms i was working out with a buddy of mine in las vegas visiting this weekend past weekend and, you know, one of the greatest things when you go visit other gyms and watch the training staff work <laughs> and you're a professional, so you know what's going on immediately mm-hmm. and you're watching the lack of progression, the lack of actual the understanding, the order or the proper intensity, you know, they're mixing a variety of things that just don't go together right. uh, sequentially for based off of what you, you're like, okay, that looks like this. Okay. This is conditioning. This is strength. What is endurance here too? You know, what's yeah. this order makes no sense. And I think, I think you're right. I think people are just like, well, uh, I just got to keep them coming back. Right. You know, just, just lay on the ground for a little bit chat. <laughs> I see stuff like that, you know? I, you know, going back to your original question, where do I see things going? Uh We don't, we will not progress as an industry until we get some hard definitions of terms. What Mm. is exercise? What is movement? What is, uh, you know, uh, uh, exercise movement? What is, uh, just, 
what's the other word I always use? Exercise movement and anyway, there, you know, if we don't get a sport recreation, if we don't define these terms and hold things to a specific, you know, uh, group, you know, is walking your dog exercise? Well, it could be if it mm-hmm. meets these, ter- these criteria. Sure. But at some point, walking your dog no longer becomes exercise because it's, an over- no, it's no longer an overload. Your body needs to have a stimulus to adapt to, or therefore it's just activity. That's the other word I was looking for. Right. You know, it, and none of these things are wrong or bad. It's just don't call activity exercise because you're now misleading people. And that gets into the whole idea of, you know, since I got started in this industry 30 some years ago now, they, you know, I go to conference and they say, we only make about a 15 to 18% inroad into the general population, getting them mm-hmm. to exercise. You know what it was last year when I went to a conference? What was it? 15 to 18%. <laughs> We have not made any inroads into wow. the population, general population. We are, const- we are constantly selling to the same type of people because we, can, we can't we, – we don't know how to sell to the general population because we, we, don't, we don't have the, uh, the means to do so because we don't educate. We don't speak their language. We, we're just selling to those people who want to exercise. Right. And until we understand that the, the general population doesn't want to exercise, they need to exercise. And until we understand how to speak the language they need us to speak so that, that we can entice them to do what we do, we're going to keep selling to that same 15 to 18% of the population and with the increase in facilities and types of uh, activities, I won't say exercise because most of it <laughs> is activity. Right. We're misleading the we're misleading people, and we're going to continue turning people off from exercise because we 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 tell them exercise to lose weight. Well, first of all, you need to eat differently to lose weight. You don't exercise to lose weight because it no. doesn't, exercise doesn't spend that much energy. It's inefficient for it's that. It's very yeah. inefficient. And we as an industry got to stop jumping on these bandwagons because we keep turning people off from exercise. Tell them what all the good things exercise can do. Oh, by the way, it doesn't burn many calories. If you want to lose weight, yeah. you got to, you got to change your eating habits. You know, have people want to lose weight and I tell I send them to a dietitian and I tell them don't even calculate don't even try to calculate how many calories you burn exercising just look at it as a bonus change your eating right. habits right so I mean we, I think it's the definitions it's definitely you're operationally defining something you know I think when you're looking at something in a way that I think is not even talked about amongst fitness professionals about what's exercise, how activity, many, and movement. How many they don't talk are, about this. How many people are really professionals? Well, that's well, that <laughs> now that's a highly controversial I thing. I, I would say it's because it's in, and I agree with the organization of things. I think that, uh, like, my wife is a nurse, mm-hmm. and and she's wonderful, but she she jabs at at what we do kind of. She goes, "Look at your profession. It's kind of a joke." He's like, "There's no organized body. As you can get in." so easily she's like there's one way in in my way to do things yep and even massage therapy i mean there's yep. like a it's, it's hairdressers hairdressers <laughs> i mean and we can't organize to ourselves. license to be a hairdresser right right i mean you can cut your hair off grow it back whatever you can mess it up you know it's i know you're not taking people's life in their hands exactly and i just good, i just wonder what needs to change and unfortunately, it's like many things in our in the world. Something really bad needs to happen before we, mm. as an industry, say, "Hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we need to uh, organize." You know, and I hope that doesn't come to that. It doesn't. Come I hope to that. not either. But I mean, that's a surefire way to do it. But you know, I would like to see us go down the path of, you know, the chiropractors. 
you know, mm-hmm. get get a college out there, get a school out there, you know, a couple of them, and that meet certain criteria. And you can't be an exercise professional until you meet these criteria and go through these schools. You know, then you got the people. Com- they'll complain. You know that that's that that's you know you're you're governing too much. But I mean, I I think that where we are right now is not helping anybody. You know, it I makes would agree. It, it makes it really hard for professionals to to do business because, you know, when I try to hire a trainer, why would they go through what I'm going to teach them when they have a certification from one of these certification bodies? And they can go down to the local gym and start making money tomorrow. When I tell yeah. them, well, you don't have a skill set that can make money here. I can teach you how to do that. It's going to take a while. Um, if you want to make, I mean, I can guarantee, almost guarantee that if someone does everything I tell them to do, within 24 months, they could be on their, well on their way, way to making six figures. Right. But, you know, they have to learn. The, the exercise protocol no one very few people even know exercise they just know how to to do to mimic something they saw on youtube mimicking exactly they're totally they're, true second how many people in the personal training business even know anything about selling oh, personal training <laughs> personal training is is 100 percent selling you're selling your knowledge you're selling each repetition you're selling each session you're selling you know, every, every, everything you're doing, you're trying to get people to believe in what you're doing and to, to believe in what you're doing is simply just selling, you know, yeah. a school teacher is the best salesperson in the world, you know, and we are, we should be that salesperson that we're constantly selling our knowledge to people. Yes. You got to ask for money. I mean, we're in business. You know, if you're, if you're a personal trainer, you should be the best salesman in a health club. If you're working in a health club, you shouldn't be relying on someone else to sell for you. You should be able to sell your own, your own, um, you know, business. And then, you know, customer service, you know, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I look at, you know, on YouTube and so on, cause I don't have it here, but, um, uh, you know, personal trainers standing around on their cell phones, you know, while people are working yeah. out or texting or, or crazy, talking right? to somebody, Oh, go to 10 of these and they're over here talking to somebody yeah, else, you exactly. know, texting people, you know, that kind of stuff is crazy, you know, and, and how, where are you going to be in four years, five years, six years, 10 years from now, you know, you need to know how to set some goals. So, you know, these are the things that I teach new trainers when they come on board. You know, no, I can tell you since I've had this business and it's now 18 and a half years since I've had this business, I have had very few people, if any, come into my in through my doors that had any any of these any background in any of these um, right different areas. So. You know, I have a program that I put people through. I teach them, I keep teaching base, inf- base knowledge information on our exercise protocol, sales and marketing, customer service, and how to succeed. And, you know, these are, these are skills that they can take with them the rest of their life. But no one walks through my door with these skills. Right. Well, you're, but you're very exceptional in that. I mean, there's a lot of people that just aren't providing that level of education and service. And then when you look at, I wanted to go back to the organization thing because I think it's very key because a lot of people in our business, I think we're in a weird time that, you know, you have certification bodies who I'm not sure they're all that interested in consolidating and having there be a one-way process. You know, there's a lot of money in the certifications. And there's a lot of money in the certifications and continuing education. And right. Yes. Yeah. But- Why would they give that up, you know, in order to have this one-way street to get into the bit i would just think about that i'm like well, what is the nsea why would they want to consolidate with acsm and you know an ace and all that and um, well they they wouldn't if their if their outcome is strictly money if they're really looking right. to help the industry help help the general population help trainers and make this a real profession then 
you know, I would see, I wouldn't see why they wouldn't want to work together, right. but they don't want to work together because they're, it's all about their money. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't see it changing much. I don't know. I just, it's not like there's something that I see that's going to like, Oh, if that thing grows, then it'll go this way. I'm, I, I, I would agree with Dr. Brian. I don't, you know, it's going to get much worse before it gets better, but I'm not sure about the better part at this yeah. point, you know? No, I, I don't know either. It's crazy. And, you I know, mean, what... it, the problem is, is you're, the, there's a, the other problem is, is if you, if you talk with enough conviction, people will believe you. So you have trainers out there who swear up and down that what they're doing is good for, good for their you know, their population, whoever's in front of them. And, you know, if you look at the science behind it, it really doesn't support that. And that's the problem is, you know, we're not basing our, our industry or, or, our, 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 our motives in science. We're basing it on the dollar. Right. And like you said, it's become so much about entertainment. And I think I've talked about this many times in my podcast. Just I'm people are probably sick of it, but I guess I am personally having a very difficult time with the age that we're in with um, YouTube, Instagrams, you know, all these things, um, because it's just doesn't it's it's not how I got into the and I don't want to be this guy like, oh, I've been in a long time. So let's do it the old school way. I'm like, I'm not a proponent of that. I'm just more of like, just because a bunch of people are following something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Large following does not equal um, actual know-how nope. or actual knowledge or proficiency. It's just following <laughs> something well, they see. Yeah, you know, that looks beautiful. It's what it looks nice. You know, it's marketing. You know. Yeah. And that's you know how will this change? when we get marketing dollars behind the science and not behind the entertainment, if we can say, this is, this is what science says and we can get some huge marketing dollars behind that rather than just the easy way to make money. You know, I'm not opposed to making money, but I'm opposed to making money at the cost of, the clientele, you know, right. you know, I say this all the time. I can't unlearn what I know. So mm. I can't go back and just do things just to, you know, that I know that are, are better. You know, I can't go back and just make money to, you know, off of the, the, the ignorance of the general population. And that's what we as an industry typically do. You know, the general population is, is ignorant about our industry. We're not asking that they shouldn't know, but we as an industry need to step up our game so that we actually do educate people. We don't take advantage of them. Well, how do we do that? How, I mean, I know like I, I can, I can make a difference in my small scope of people and people that I know, and I can tell them things and, at what point does it become the responsibility of maybe those who have larger platforms to become, to make a, a dent in that? I'm trying to figure out how this works. I was talking to somebody else literally about the same thing. And I was like, I would like to know, how do we change this? That's well, a big question. You know? A few years ago, I put together, I was starting to put together um, a, 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 a organization myself. And, mm -hmm. you know, basically it came down to, I just didn't have, the time and the money to do it. But I think, you know, we need to get like-minded, like-minded professionals together and create something not, not unlike the NSCA did back in, you mm -hmm. know, whatever it was the seventies or, or when they, when they sixties, when they first, you know, basically they, they went out and they, they got a bunch of people together who thought similarly and created an organization. So, you know, the, the organization has to be put together so that those who, who, who have a like-minded thought process have a platform to, to speak from and to support that supports them and they support it. And it, it can then grow, uh, grow among itself, you know?
Um, and then the idea is, you know, that everybody, a part of it becomes an evangelist of what you're doing. You know, it has to, it has to grow because uh, in an organic way like that, I think, mm. you know, because it, it, it's, yes, the marketing dollars help, but eventually I think just like every other, you know, fad that comes along that a lot of marketing dollars were behind, it will fade. But the science... Yeah. Well, I think fitness is famous for that, especially with, you know, how you something is really big and then it fades and you're like, man, that was huge. And then it's yeah. just gone so quickly. I'd like to, you know, I, this, this came to mind. I think of this all the time. I'd like to call our industry exercise and not fitness. Hmm. Fitness, is a, fitness is a measure of what you can do. Exercise right. is the process. So we shouldn't we shouldn't be speaking about the end because the end there is no end to to it. It's a right. it's a continual process. So I mean that could be that's a that's a minor thing. But as far as when we talk about um, how we could change things, you know, just the terminology and terminology, and, yeah, and going yeah. back to that terminology idea, let's call it an exercise business rather than a fitness mm. business and. Because we're then talking about the process in which we are we're working on, not the the not the not the measurement of what we're doing. Well, it's interesting. So then then you come into these other, you start defining things. Okay, so we're in the exercise business, but some people are in the movement business, and some people are in Great. the entertainment movement business. You Great. know, like some Perfect. people are in the activity business. Perfect. That's right. exactly what what needs to happen because then they can't sell exercise because they aren't exercise, mm. and that's fine. Sell movement. Movement is great. Teach Agreed. people how to move, but it's not exercise. And there's not an overload. There's not a stimulus for your body to change. You're just learning how to fire muscles in a different order to create a skill. That's right. fine. Movement is fine. You got to learn movement. You know. Um, Activity. Activity is great. Go for a walk. Keep moving. That's great. But it's not exercise after some point. And as long if we can teach people this and and make sure that we right size everything that people are doing and put it into the right um, the right categories, we're not going to mislead people into believing that they're getting something from what they're doing that they can't achieve. Right. And I think, yeah, honestly, I think, you know, a lot of what I've seen, at least in this day and age, is either movement or activity. Or if it is exercise, it's packaged in a weird way. It's almost over exercise. There's a, there's a segment of the people that we're connecting to who are almost do, they're overdoing it. There's almost too much stimulus on some level. For, oh. And then they're getting injured on a regular basis. Well, that that goes back to something that... Um, I've uh, a friend of mine, James Fisher. Um, I don't know if you've known, he's a exercise scientist out of the UK. Mm -hmm. Uh, he speaks at a, at, um, the, Re uh, resistance exercise conference every year in Minneapolis. He, um, he, he did a segment on our po uh, podcast that I did for a while. And, uh, you know, the thing he, he emphasizes exercise should take that Hippocratic oath, just like doctors first do no harm. If you are doing something that's going to create injury, don't do it. Right. It exercise exercise should never hurt you. If it Agreed. does, if it does, you know, in in many cases, if someone comes to me with a, a pre-existing injury that I don't know, it may cause uh, you know the stimulus you're applying to the body may cr create an over overload on an area that's already injured and mm -hmm. then you have an issue but say exercise should always be safe i agree totally agree and i i think you know kind of i love these conversations about the business and stuff it, and i think we've kind of had a lot of movement you know i look at like group exercise and not so some people come up to me and these are just my views or say well you know i do a group exercise all the time i'm like well what's the overload 
in that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's just the same class over and over again. Right. So at some point you're just moving regularly, which right. is fine. But how is that going to help you actually change, you know, the, the chronic, have chronic adaptations? Right. You know, well, for I, that. You know. I tell people, you know, that is until, until you get the skill down and you get better at the movement, it's probably exercise. But after right. you know the movement and the, and the transitions and so on, yeah. you know, entertainment, it becomes movement, yeah. which is fine. But, you know, the the idea of overload, it, it becomes less and less of an overload, the better and better you get at it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Where if you look at strength training or even cardio training, the better you get at it, if you're measuring it the harder it gets. Yes, most definitely. Now, now that's interesting, I think, for people listening. Who may, again, I think that the audience is wide. They don't necessarily think about it that way. And I think this is awesome material because it does get harder. If, I'm, if, I, if I get better at running, and let's say I'm running a you know, seven-minute mile, and I start getting better, and I'm starting running a six-minute mile, 550, that doesn't feel easy. <laughs> so no. it becomes incredibly difficult just like lifting a higher load as you right. get stronger it doesn't feel easier well, the people want to have things become easier for them over time and i tell them you this is the exercise is the process it is not the end to the means so you exercise so things become easier right. in your life exercise will never become easier because as you no. get stronger, quote unquote, more fit, mm-hmm. you, will then, <laughs> you will then need a higher stimulus. Right. And the higher stimulus is always going to be less pleasant. It's, it's funny. I've had this guy, I've been training him for, um, but I'm working out with him today for like 13 years. And I remember the first month that we started working out, he, um, he was kind of really jarred by it. I mean, he's always been a pretty, you know, hardcore guy, but he goes, you know, I just, it was hard to recognize. You kept telling me this is not going to get easier. We're going to keep providing a stimulus as you get better. And he said, he said it it bothered him at first because he wanted to fit in his mind that it was going to get easier for him. Mm -hmm. And then what changed in him, he said, he just accepted that it was always going to be like this. He gave in, he submitted to it, but it changed his life outside of the exercise, what we we're right. doing. And I think that's the thing people think, uh, is it always going to be like this? Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> like, you need to come no, to terms with actually, this. You know? Actually, no, it's only going to get harder. Right, right. It's going to be difficult. You have to accept it. And I think yeah. that acceptance is really difficult for people to come to with exercise because they want to show up to the gym someday, be like, man, I'm just breezing through this. This is so, I'm so fit now. Is this, I'm like, no. You know, <laughs> then, then we label that as movement or activity. Right. We've moved it it's, into a different category then. It's no longer exercise, which is fine. You know, it's and fine. People, no, it is. Most people think that they're strength training just because they're holding a dumbbell. Right. No, you're you you're moving resistance, but you're only strength training if you're stimulating the muscle to get stronger. Right. Otherwise, it's just movement. It's just activity. It's work. Work. I would I would I would say most of what you see in a gym with patrons is um, either movement or activity. Totally. Generally speaking, that's just my opinion, just what I've observed over the years there's just no stimulus. There's not no enough stimulus. of a stimulus. It's just movement or activity. If we're or, categorizing it now. Or if they do put any stimulus on the, on their body, it's because of the, the high level of, of work they're doing rather than the intensity of the work. Right. Because you can stimulate the body by doing a lot of work, but that's just not very, that's not very efficient. Right. And, you know, eventually people, you know, people will get tired of spending hours and hours, days and days <laughs> in the gym to get a little bit of response. I had a guy one time is really big time CEO of this, you know, in Las Vegas. And he goes, you know, you, you, you have to be in the gym at least three hours a day to get any results. I'm like, who told you that? <laughs> I was like, 
I don't know where you got that from. And I told him, I was like, it's straight up not true. And that's the ignorance that is. part of that. Is that we're seeing is like somebody told this guy that and he believed it without really any understanding of it. Well, it was some guy who was ripping out of a medium T-shirt who... <laughs> <laughs> who, you know, <laughs> had good genetics or took a lot of drugs. Right, he was ripping out of it. Right, and they go, oh man, that guy's huge. He must know what he's doing. Yep. It doesn't mean that the person knows what they're doing for that. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think clients, over, over this long time you've been in the business, how have clients changed in your mind or have they not? Uh, they, they, they don't come to me as often anymore as looking for me to give them my knowledge. They mm -hmm. look, to, look to me to facilitate what they want to do. Hmm. So because they have the access to the YouTube videos and, uh, and, the the, um, Instagram, you know, influencers, and they see these things and they say, okay, well, I want to do this. I saw, I saw this on YouTube. So I want you to do this, this, and this. Then it, it's a, it's a harder, harder education process because they come to you with some bad information. Right. And then you have to, you have an uphill battle to, unteach or unlearn have them unlearn what they thought they knew and steer them down another path and versus so it's like harder. when when you had people back in let's say the 80s or 90s what was the, what were they coming to you they with they come to you with a clean slate and they just mm. want their they want to know what you know because you are quote the quote unquote expert Right. So you you have the knowledge they are seeking and they're a sponge. They want to learn it. Now, you know, they saw this on Instagram, this on, you know, YouTube. They they have a friend who does this and you know, um so it's it, it's a it's a tougher it's a tougher battle right now because there's so many more things out there that again, like we we beat to death or movement or or <laughs> activities that people like to do and just because the instructor you know looks good they think it's going yeah. to yield the return they're looking for and then i use right. the analogy all the time you know when it comes to those instructors you know you got to look at genetics and they they came to the table with a different set of genetics than you did that it's sort of like saying here's a basketball go throw the basketball through the hoop a few times and you'll grow you yeah. can't you're not you're not built like that person you're not going to look like that person by doing the things that they do and they're in many cases they look like that in spite of what they're doing <laughs> right yeah. Th that if they did something that was actually meaningful, they might actually look even better. It's amazing. Wow, I think it's, that's incredible. Um, I think people. This is a weird. I think it's a weird time to be in the. Uh, well, you got it again. I know we beat this to death, like you said, but I think it's good because I think for people, they're not having discussions about the definitions of things, but it's a interesting time and a weird time to be in the exercise business because I'm just not sure. Well, I'm sure of one thing, technology is going to increase. Technology is going to continue to grow and there'll continue to be a huge influence in people's lives. You know, the smartphone has been a, a change, a huge change in people's lives. It is. And how people view, I mean, you know, different technologies kill other technologies. They make them mm -hmm. obsolete. They delete them. And I, I think we're in this age where everybody has access to almost everything they think they want. And so then they come to you and they say, hey, I've been watching these videos. I mean, see it in gyms. People are constantly looking at videos and then mimicking other people's videos. And, hey, this is the daily burn. Come and do some pop squats here today. And then, you know, all this stuff. And they're getting that power in their hands. So for the professional, it's like, what are you overcoming? When somebody right. comes to you, it sounds like what you're saying. See, I don't get, I'm not getting that so much anymore. I'm, 
I, I rarely get people come to me with that. It's weird. I'm, I'm in a time where people are coming with me and they're, they're more old school. They're like, I don't know anything. I, you know, well, it's weird. I think, you know? I, I'm in an area where I get a lot of, um, you know, stay at home moms and, um, yeah. and, you know, I, versus when you get that in this area, you get that person, they have the, the means and the time to yeah. do that kind of research. When I get the, the CEO of a business or, mm-hmm. or that now they're the people that understand, you know, you're the expert. Just tell me what to do yep. and I'll do it. You know, there's a, there's, you know, it depends on your demographic, um, you know, the person you're, you're working with, but in, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, they already have seen what they want to do. I, I, I remember this, this is back probably, early 2000s when kettlebells were were getting really mm-hmm. big right uh, you know we we didn't do kettlebells you know because we do more um s- slow controlled movements against resistance and you know kettlebells are basically throwing and moving weight at a rapid speed so right. we didn't do it because it didn't fit our philosophy i would have people coming in all the time you know, my friend does kettlebells. I'm looking to do kettlebells, you know, okay. Then you got to break it down. Why are, what are you looking to get from that? You know, now start educating. They give you an idea of the, the exercise they want to do, but they didn't really tell you what they're looking to get from it. And if you can get them to understand what they're looking to, to the return they're looking for, now you can educate them on how what you can do can get them the results they're looking for versus just selling an activity or, or, or a movement. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's fitness. Sorry. The, the industry in general, I would say, and now it's almost being called wellness in a sense, um, the, is it's confusing to me as if I wasn't in the business, I would be very confused by it. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I don't think it's very clear at all for the consumer. I think it's no. very driven by what's popular. They see Orange Theory. They see CrossFit. They see Lifetime Fitness. They see like 8 million different versions of a product. And they go, I don't know. What, what's exciting out there? You right. know, it's maybe I'll try this thing. It seems to be so exciting. It's on the news. You know, it's in. I saw a commercial about this thing, this boot camp. It just kind of flow with what's exciting, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's where we go back to the, the the professional needs to know what they're doing, how it works, and be able to sell it for you know what it does. Most people just all they can do is just you know take someone through something without understanding how you know how to guide them or sell them on it. Right. Now, I wanted to ask you since um, I think we were introduced from through kelly mccauley i want to say yeah and uh i think i had talked to her a little bit about you know conferences like ursa and stuff like that and uh Mm -hmm. what is what is your take on those types of convention shows because you know i know i've hired many trainers throughout the years and a lot of times they don't even get to those 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 places but what's your take on that for the audience in terms of the value that you can receive from those things or lack thereof um I think they're they're basically like anything else. There's a lot of value in there, but you have to find it. Mm. You know, um, and, and it depends on where you are in in business and in in your edu- in, in your understanding of the the industry and so on. Um, I go to lots of conferences, and I mm-hmm. always find some information that's relative to me and what I'm looking for. I also find a lot that's not. So it's, you know, it, you got to pick and choose. And um, I think that uh, any professional needs to be out there looking for more information. Um, mm-hmm. You will find it in different areas and you'll find it at these conferences. But it's not, not 100% of it will, will apply to you. Right. I think that's, you know, people, there's some of these are so big and there's some like your state conferences that are, can be smaller and things mm-hmm. in nature. You just got to find what, 
works best for you. I mean, you know, my experience has always been, I've been to many is um, I have seen that as, as I've gotten older and as I've gone to more of these larger shows that it's definitely more of a dog and pony show for on, on the outside, you that. know, on the outside, you know, like, you know, the big convention halls and, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's just a big emphasis on looking good. Everybody's wearing the special outfits and stuff like that. Reminds me of a pageant, honestly. Yeah. On some well, level. Oh. some of it. Yeah, and you gotta, you gotta go back to it. Like we did about the, um, the 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 certifications you know what is the purpose of the organization mm-hmm. if the purpose purpose of the organization is actually to uh, make money then they're going to follow the trends you know and unfortunately like we discussed the trends aren't always the most um, scientifically sound information that's just what's easy to sell and what people want. I went to a conference one time in one of the seminars, the CEO, uh, no, the COO of this big organization in Australia was the presenter. And he flat out said, your job is to give people and sell people what they want. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) this is totally against everything I believe in. And, uh, you know, that's like saying a science teacher should just let people, you know, do science projects with everything they know, you know, don't yeah. teach them anything. Unfortunately that uh, I don't think that's our job. Our job is to educate the population and then take them to places they could never go on their own. That's difficult to hear something like that when it doesn't mesh with what you're yeah. trying to put out there. I, I think, you know, you know, people like yourself, myself, and many other people actually that I know it's, it's not sexy to speak about these things. No. <laughs> way, you know, well, it's not I say glamorous. it all the time. Um, hard work, hard work and simple are hard to sell. And that's basically exercise. Right. You're totally right. Totally true. I, I can't tell you in times I've said that to clients and to people. I'm like, it's really not that complicated, guys. It's really simple, but it's not exciting. No, <laughs> you know, it's... the process is simple, but the actual the actual doing the work is the hard part and then right. refining the work to where it's more and more efficient and more and more effective and safer over time. That's what, that's the hard part. That's my job. Yes. My job is to make your life more efficient, make sure I spend your time effectively and keep you safe. I think what's interesting too is, um, and I've experienced this with a lot of people I've worked with is, it's almost not glamorous either when you have people that, in a sense, they, they, they're they functioning the same over a decade plus. Like they're just, if you're just knocking it out, boom, boom, they, they look great, but they're functioning well, 40s, 50s, 60s. I think people want to see that dramatic change in a person, right? They want to right. see, oh, this guy went from weighing this amount to this amount or woman, whatever. And it's almost like if you have somebody who's just, ticking off a session after session after session showing up regularly and they're doing great and you don't necessarily see much of a difference because they have been overloading and you've provided this this progression over many years they're just doing it and doing it and it becomes harder to continue to improve them over that time but they look amazing they feel amazing they it's almost like people are penalized for continuously being consistent because right. it doesn't look great it doesn't look dramatic right and there's well, no you, dramatic I, fall off you know i tell people this if you work out for 10 years with me and you are no stronger than you were when you first started you're progressing because in 10 years you got the average person gets a lot weaker right. so you know you have beaten the clock so yes. now if we're really if you're really working hard you're actually going to get stronger over that time. So you're now way ahead of the game. So people don't understand that, you know, even if you're not getting a lot stronger over time, you're not getting a lot weaker. Mm. That's an interesting way to look at that. You know, in 10 years, the average person loses, what is it, after the age of 25, like a pound and a half of muscle. Right. What I forget the statistics, but you you get a lot weaker over 10 years. 
Right. If you don't you... stimulate your body and, and you create a lot of imbalances in your body. That's a whole nother thing. You know, I, I do a systematic approach to the whole body so that we create strength over your whole body and, and right yes. size your, your imbalances. You know, you're strong. Everything has a genetic pot- potential. So if you make your strong muscles stronger and your weak muscles stronger, over time, the ratio between the strength of those stronger and weaker muscles gets closer and closer because they all have a finite genetic potential that you'll never right. reach. So over time, you'll, you will become equally strong between your stronger and weaker muscles. So you don't neglect your strong muscles just to strengthen your weak muscles. Right. And people don't get that. Well, I, I want to work my hamstrings because they're, they're weak. Well, no, you want to work your hamstrings because they're easier than working your quads. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. No, it's it's true. You know, um, Dwayne, I rarely get to speak to people like yourself who have such who survived being in the business this long. You know, a lot of people that wash out, wash out hard. I mean, especially personal trainers. It's. You know, I can't tell you how many trainers I've known become like real estate agents or something, you mm-hmm. know, or insurance brokers. And it's a business that uh, it eats a lot of people up well, over the years. It's not unlike exercise. It's it, you got to you, you got to survive. You got to you got to endure. You got to push through the, the discomfort because, you know, there's been many lean years for me for one reason or yeah. other, bad business decisions, economy, recession, whatever. You know, there's a, you know, there's a, been a lot of lean years and, you know, I just believe so strongly in what I do that I'm not going to let, let that hold me back. You know, I'm going to figure out a way just like exercise, you know, you, you, you don't let the discomfort of where you are right now yeah. stop you from progressing. So it's so interesting that parallel, I think in my life, I've, I've exercised, longer than I could ever remember in my, I mean, it's just been such a huge part of my life. Not even, not even, you know, as we're making these distinctions, you know, it's truly been exercise. Most, I mean, from the beginning of when I started resistance training and cardio, it's always been about improvement Mm -hmm. and overload, even before I knew what those terms were, (laughs) it was just getting better, getting better, improving, you know, improvement. And uh, I think, it's over that. I think that has always driven me throughout the years professionally. How do I get better? How do I improve? I don't want to get stagnant. And it's, it's hard to do that. Oh, I mean, I've been in 20 years, so certainly a lot less than you, but it's every year that I'm in, I'm grateful for it. But, uh, I, that's why I kind, that's, you know, that's where I go back to those conferences and stuff, you know, use them, use them as a, as a tool to get better. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not always going to take away, uh, just like we were saying with exercise and stuff, you're not going to always take away a big, ch- you know, golden nugget, gold nugget of something that's yeah. going to change your life or make a dramatic change, but constantly education, constant, constantly educating yourself and, and putting yourself in, if nothing else, you know what other people are doing and you can sell, yes. you can sell what you're doing against that, you know, um, so and then you're networking with people, you know, and you're you're Definitely. you're meeting people and, and growing, you know, your 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 footprint. Totally agree. I mean, it's, it's helped me tremendously throughout the years. And I mean, speaking of networking, it's it's how we met, you know, yeah. through somebody mutually that we know. And I think the, the more um, qualified uh, people who really care about the business and have a, and I think a science based approach, mm-hmm. I just always been a huge proponent of that through my education. You know, my formal education has been hugely invaluable to me because I, I know the science behind it. I keep up with it. It is, you know, the physics, the biomechanics has guided my training with people literally through since the beginning. Right. And without that, I don't know how you, actually provide progression and change as if you just throw stuff together on a wall, and, you know, and you don't. And, and I tell people all the time, the first session with them, I, I tell people our approach is unlike what most people do. Most people throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and something's mm-hmm. going to stick. We're throwing darts. Everything is meaningful and purposeful and we're not going to waste any time. 
Yeah, or totally a, agree. Or I was just doing that with uh, one of my clients today, who are a newer person, and I was like, "There's, there's a plan. There's always a plan when, when we work out. There's always a system, an approach mm-hmm. that we have. It's not like, I wonder what I'm going to do with you. Uh, let's just throw some gimmicky stuff together. I'm like, I have never operated like that no. ever. And, and great trainers honestly, don't do that. A lot of new trainers hate that because you, they don't want to, they don't want to live in a system they want to they want to be creative and i'm like exercise is not all that creative (laughs) i mean it's just some variations on some basic things you know and and, you know and then it's it's changing the variables to you know what is the loads you know or the duration and all that stuff it's it's not that hard i was don't don't make it more complicated than it is yeah stimulate the body so it has a reason to change. Exactly. Well, Dwayne, thank you for um, coming on and, and giving me your time, which I know is very valuable for well, you. It's my pleasure. Definitely. And um, I look forward to staying in touch with you and uh, hopefully seeing you at a conference or someplace yeah. in the future. Yeah, definitely. Be awesome. I'll be out at, I'll be at a URSA next year. I know for sure. And awesome. then, uh, the resistance exercise conference, my friend Luke Carlson puts that on every year. I'll be there. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of times I'll head out to club industry in October. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll catch up sometime. I'm sure. I think so. I'm, I should be at Ursa. I think it's in San Diego yep. in uh, March. So, uh, I used to go every single year, but I moved last year and, and I was kind of, I was going through a lot moving from Las Vegas to Washington. So I skipped it, but this year I'm back. Okay. It, so. Well, let's make sure we connect there. Yeah, definitely. I would love to connect with you and uh, just continue the conversation. I love these type of conversations about the business and uh, we'll just continue to define all these things, you know. That sounds great. (laughs) Thanks, Dwayne, for your time. I appreciate it. All right. You have a great day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Autumn is in the air. Time for back to school, football games, and pumpkin lattes. Fall is also a great time to buy or sell a car online at driveway.com. Welcome to Driveway, where you can feel completely in control of your car buying or selling experience. Our nationwide network with tens of thousands of vehicles is unmatched. And when you buy from Driveway, there's no pressure. We offer our best price up front. That's Driveway, a customer-friendly experience that makes buying or selling your car easy. Driveway. Auto done easy. Want to tell your employees or clients how much you appreciate them? Stand out from the competition with the best gift ever. Minky Couture Luxury Blankets are the best gift ever for appreciation and recognition to say thank you every day of the year for a job well done. For every member of your team, share your warmth. Show them you care with Minky Couture Luxury Blankets, the best gift ever. Shop now at softminkyblankets.com.